welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast where we are covering Survivor 43 and a new season that's been launched just a couple of weeks ago. This is episode three of this season. My name is Jordan. Welcome in. And here's my co-host, Andrew. Episode three, Andrew, we're rolling into the meat part of this season. It's getting fun. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling great. I feel like I got up at 5 a.m. today, but I still feel great. And we're very excited to have a guest on and also very excited to have uh, some audience questions for the first time. We did this a lot last season, and it was a really great way for the community to engage. And I'm just going to start off right away with our very first audience question of the season. This is written by Kel, but implied by John Wani and others. Dear Lynette, as a Survivor at Home winner who is considerably older than the Survivor at Home light winner, i.e. Brooke, what lessons do you think she picked up from you from your game? <laughs> okay. Um, great question, Kelvin, and all the other Survivor at Home. Uh, hello to everybody. Yes, Brooke. Okay, so the question was, what kind of lessons can I give to Brooke, who is so much younger than me? When I saw her, we were working, I was like, how old is she? No, I'm kidding, Brooke. I did not think that at all. Um, I didn't actually even realize we were such a big difference in age or at all. I think it just is a statement on how old she thinks you are. Uh, not maybe how old you actually are, but either way, you have a chance to defend your honor because <laughs> Wait, it, what? she well, thinks I'm older than I actually am. I don't know. She's like, Oh, Lynette is just like so old. She did you not listen to the podcast? <laughs> no, I last? did. I did, and I thought it was so she funny. Tore a strip on I you. Actually... Then even after Lynette, she texted us saying, Lynette really is old now that I think of it. Like she really was. No, she didn't. Getting tired <laughs> did just like lost her train of thought a lot. And I'm actually concerned for her mental state. Those were some of her texts after the show. Uh, okay. Hmm. Well, okay. So the, do you want me to answer that question? Yeah. What were some Does of the Kel lessons? and the Survivor fans? Okay. Well, yeah, what what is she some lessons like, that Brooke took from you clearly and none from me, obviously? Yes. Okay. I mean, I win. don't know. This is a question for Brooke. What did Brooke take from me as lessons? But anyways, I think she did a great job in Survivor Home, the light version at taking charge of her game and making it known that okay, she's making these decisions. And I remember in the um, jury when she was talking, I just felt like it was her and oh, I forget the player who was like, they worked really close together. And I think Brooke was just she expressed herself really well in terms of what she did in the game and how she was making those decisions. So, sorry, I'm not saying that she took a bad lesson from me, but she, I felt like she was in charge and, and that, what that provided her the win. As fellow survivor at home champions, I appreciate that you emphasized light version for Brooks win. I thank you very much for that. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. But no, I mean, she still won. She still won the light version. She did a great job and she did a great job. Good job by Brooke winning the light version. Well done. <laughs> uh, Andrew, do we have another audience question or do we want to hop we into- We have a few more, but they're you know, sprinkled through the episode. So we'll get to those. But uh, for those that are listening as well, Lynette played in a Survivor at Home season. And just as Jordan alluded to, came out on top. And you actually had a really fascinating journey to get there, uh, getting voted out. But I think that was our first season of introducing mm -hmm. a Redemption Island you're able to claw your way back. And I just want to know quickly too, what was that like uh, being out of the game, thinking that you probably were done and then getting back in, but not only getting back in, going to the end and winning? 
Yeah, I feel like, okay, when I was on the podcast the first time, maybe we talked about this. So I don't want to repeat myself. Not that we have this whole podcast memorized. I actually didn't even listen to the at, the last recording of us, but um, take me through the, okay, so I got voted out, devastated, cried. I couldn't believe I got voted out because due to like a power outage and internet outage, didn't have a chance. And so I was just really disappointed, but I was committed to the rest of the evening. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just enjoy myself, have a, you know, drink or two. And then that night, I remember thinking, oh, maybe I could get voted back in because you had the challenge where you asked us to go around, talk to people, try to see if you can convince people to vote you back in. And so I was like, okay, maybe I have a shot here. And then when I got voted back in, I was like, okay, I have nothing to lose. I literally already lost. And now it's like, I feel like I was not fearful. Like, I was like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid what's going to happen because I already was voted out. And things like luck was in my favor, immunity challenges winning in my favor. And then my, um, what's it called? Alliance members. And like having a person to go to like Brooke, I just completely trusted her. Like she did not turn on me. If she had turned on me, like even that vote that I got voted out or sorry, that she got voted out, um, that would have been a whole different game. But anyways, having like that ally. So lots of different emotions. There's, there is something too that, isn't there, where you're playing with house money, right? Where you feel you come in, and the nerves there from all that I've heard from past players is that it is pretty intense leading up to it the weeks prior and then the day of, then you play and then you get voted out. You're like, okay. And then as you said, to come back in, that makes a lot of sense to me. Just like, all right, what do I have to lose here? And maybe that does kind of loosen you up a little bit and help you, whatever it is, it, it got you that far. Jordan, is that something that you can relate to or did you feel the pressure all the way through because you didn't have that exact storyline? Yeah, because I didn't have the the storyline of being voted out every time you go to tribal council, it'd be the first time that you can get voted out. Like you play a little, I can totally see playing a little more cautiously when you're, when you haven't been voted out yet. It's why I, as Lynette's talking, I'm thinking one of my favorite, I do like the season survivor second chances because everyone had had some sort of tough road where they got voted out along their line and then they all get a chance to play another season. And I thought it was a really cool season. And that's what Lynette's talking about, but she got the redemption within the same season. It wasn't that she had to come back and, and had gone through that experience. She got it in that same season and took advantage of it and, uh, and came through all the way. So it was plus a, a few clutch uh, immunity wins to, to help yeah, her out and, and solidify her, her story of, of being voted out, coming back and then owning it at the end. So do you think that Survivor in general should introduce more opportunities to get back in the game? I know it's a very polarizing thing, like redemption, obviously edge of extinction. Some of those things are controversial, but in general, should there be more opportunities for players to get back in the game on, on the real show? Because I talked to a lot of players like, you know, Stu and Kel and others who have created online reality games or in-person Survivor themed games. And that's always the question that comes up is how do we, do something for those who get voted out first because they give so much to be there and then usually that first vote is so arbitrary or there's so you know little that goes into it you're just like oh you said this one thing or you looked at me that way or you walked off when we were talking so we try to plan ideas of incorporating people to getting a chance back and get a chance to tell their story but on the show you could have an amazing person like someone that could for sure go on to win but oh sorry you know, you slipped on the puzzle in the first challenge, you're gone. Um, I think the real show, no, you should not. Once you're voted out, you're done. For like these 
home versions, like with when you're working with a group of friends or people who know each other, I love the idea that you can get back in and extend your personal fun for the rest of the evening or the two evenings or whatever it is. But for like actual survivor, no, I think once they're voted out, then they get, you know, Ponderosa. Not a bad gig. Paid paid expense. <laughs> paid expense resort, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All paid expenses. I take that right now. I would take that too, <laughs> uh, for sure. For like four weeks they're out there or five weeks they're out there. Um, let's make our way into the episode now. So it opens up as always right after tribal council. And here we've got Cody and Jesse celebrating that they were able to get that idol. It was a bit of a, I like this new twist where they got to get all those beads for the bracelet. I think it's really cool. Um, the dynamics of that and it comes into, well, it'll come into play later as well in this episode. Uh, they also had Neka help them convince everyone on the tribe to get those beads as like a team effort so cody's got his idol but jesse and and neca know about it um and are helping him out uh but jesse is also in a bit of a damage control um dwight's not overly happy with his uh with jesse's move but dwight didn't have a vote jesse defends himself is anyone against what jesse did jesse took ownership of his game yeah, I'm full support of Jesse. Like, I really like Jesse. I think him, the decisions that he's making and the alliances that he's making. And, you know, this episode, don't want to get too far ahead, but he was like focusing on how bad he felt with the, with like so conflicted he was. He knew what, the, what, what like a good gameplay would be, but um, working through that and through his emotions, I, I, yeah, I think it was good. I do think he's had to come out really strong early. And I don't know if that's the best thing to have where you come out strong in the game super early and you're playing and people are picking up on that. You're making moves already this early for yourself and like cutting out Dwight on that vote. I know Dwight didn't have a vote, so he can only complain so much, but I wonder if Jesse's coming out too strong too early, but he, I do like the way he's playing. He's aggressive. He's taking ownership of his game. It's awesome to see out from there but uh, but i wonder if he's too strong too early and that becomes a threat later it um, is interesting how you say that george i agree completely because over the years we've seen many characters who you really come to love and then you just know like there's no way they're going to go to the end because of how strong they're playing and it's so this cool. tough balance because i mean you might get the sia award and get some credit there and, and a lot of fans remember you I'm not like you, Jordan, where I can go back and remember every player. I do remember the standout players through the seasons who just, you know, were very likable, were very strong, really were entertaining all the way through. And so I think you're right. I think he's in a similar boat. I mean, he's survived so far a couple crucial votes. You have to be doing something to be now a couple players down. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to make it to the end. No, and no votes against him either, right? So although he's been in control like this, everything's gone the way he expects it to. He's been in control with that. Uh, the other thing we learned here is that it's a wake-up call for Dwight that this, this game has started, right? As soon as you're on, the wake-up call happens. As soon as your a vote doesn't go the way you expect it to go, that's the wake-up call. And you just hope that you survive that vote when it goes against you the first time. That's the ultimate. If, if your ally gets voted out, but... You didn't know that was happening. Okay, you're still in the game. You can make your moves. You can bond with, in Dwight's situation, you can bond with Noel, who was in the same position as him. The vote didn't go the way she wanted it to go or thought it was going, but she's still here. She's still playing. And the two of them kind of have to bond. And that's where some of the stronger bonds in the game can get formed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, it isn't. I think like, sorry, one of the other strengths of Jesse is his ability to make so many connected relationships like he's married to Dwight right but okay now we might get a divorce like you know he's and then he's so he was so close with NECA and um Cody like they I don't know his strength is his social game and with that I actually think he could potentially make it farther than what you are both saying because he's good at that social game and he is out of the loop in his tribe I mean that comes out later in the episode but um he's not aware of everything maybe not as powerful right. and maybe yeah. he will stick around longer he doesn't have all the information in front of him and he doesn't know that he doesn't have all the information in front of him but he thinks he does it's he's not the only one who who's in that situation either mm-hmm. in this game which we'll find out later so we move into the Baca tribe and Gabler is in Ellie's words deteriorating um out there being a, you don't know how your body's gonna react Lynette's shaking her head here what what makes you well, shake your head about this whole situation <laughs> Ellie is so judgmental of Gabler and she thinks she knows how to read everybody. And so I think this episode really uh, showcased that just like, she's like, oh, the guys are kind of out to lunch that I think like last episode, they were t- her and Janine were talking about how they not really know what they're doing. And then this episode, she's like, oh my gosh, like we're going to trick Gabler. He does not know what he's doing. Like she's so pumped about that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, wow. How, what? I don't understand like how what is not connecting for her between these two dots and her analyzing people. So, I mean, obviously I'm not on the Island with them, but I think her underestimating just players in general in survivor is just a bad move, a bad choice on her part. I have to say just as a side note, that shot of, okay, family and friends come and watch me on survivor. And then like they pan in again for another episode and I'm just laying there in the sand, like curled up in a ball. (laughs) Like it just downplays again, how, they can never show that unless you've been there, but like it is, it must be so hard to Jordan. You were saying like you were up at five this morning, right. And just how exhausted that makes you feel doing that yeah. day after day. But yeah, that's just, I thought that was so funny that here's another, here's another shot of Gabler and he's laying down. Balling. Right. Because he's the only player out there that's laying down. He's the only the one. Everyone else and is not fine. feeling well. No, they're all doing it. They all take shifts, but that's where the production gets to run with storylines. And they even teed mm-hmm. us up for that last week. Here we get into the moment where Sammy, Ellie, and Janine are chatting and trying to be the master. They, the girls think those three are being the masterminds of the tribe. Um, we quickly learn Sammy's playing double agent with them. And, um, and he tells Gabler about them going through his bag. And immediately that's where the line is drawn. Okay, his loyalty is to Gabler and ultimately Owen as well. I kind of I kind of question Sammy's decision to tell Owen because you well, tell Gabler they go through his bag, but Owen, do we know where Owen sits? To me, info's on a need to know basis, and I don't think Owen needs to know the information that Sammy's telling him in this situation. Had Ellie approached that conversation differently, like if she had to come in humbly or even said, "Hey, Sammy, like I think you know you have a good relationship. Would you mind speaking to him?" Would would he have gone about it differently, or would he was he already uh, against Ellie in that situation? I think he was willing to work with her, and if he like, I think he kind of wanted the power to go and tell, or like try to get the 
the information out of Gabler instead of Ellie and then Ellie say no I'll do it and then I'm wondering with Sammy telling Owen like if he's trying to be the swing vote so if he's good with the girls then he's also good with the guys then he's in the middle he has the power to decide okay which way am I going to vote and so I wonder if that's he was like you were saying trying to form that bond between Owen so that he's in the middle mm-hmm. so yeah I do think if Ellie had given him the chance or taken a step back and said okay why don't you you go try to get that info out of Gabler it could have worked in his, in her favor but I'm not sure I'm just still thinking more he's planting his flag with Gabler and Owen he did it last week where he planted his flag with them saying the girls are going to think I'm with them and we're, and helping them out but at the end of the day they're just going to underestimate us as as guys and that's who I want to work with and he does that again in this episode so I see what you mean where he was open to working with them I think he could have been but at the end of the day, he keeps planting his flag pretty firmly that he's giving all the information and being as loyal as he can to those guys and not letting the girls in on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this leads to uh, another audience question. So, Lynette, what would you do with Baggate, the idea of going through someone's stuff? Would you have a guilty conscience? Could you do it? What's your take on searching through other people's stuff? Okay. Yeah. So, like, no. Wait, but the question is Survivor. So yeah, in real life, never. Yeah, not, I'm not talking it. like, okay, I'm on the subway. <laughs> oh, someone's not looking. Let me go look through their bag. Those are some nice AirPods. That's a nice uh, <laughs> wallet there. Um, okay, so on Survivor, no, I wouldn't. Not because I'd be against it in the gameplay, but I just would not want to take the risk and get caught. However, I think I would try to convince somebody else to do it. So I would try to get like whoever my alliance member would be just be like okay I think this is a good idea and try to convince them that um we should look through that person's bag but I personally don't think I would do it so, so Lynette's should, all about the peer pressure all of it yeah peer or pressure. or yeah like persu- persuading your alliance member to do what you want essentially <laughs> no like I'm sorry it's not a moral thing for me in the game because it's not in the rules like you were saying last week Thank like you, the, in the rules they're allowed to do that and in the rules, you're not allowed to see an, steal an idol, right? Like this game does draw a line between what's right and wrong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because if, if there wasn't, then it'd be, I mean, it'd be even more cutthroat. If you could just like steal and lie and I don't know, do whatever you want, then it wouldn't well, be the, a game. The game has hard lines on what's yes. wrong. It doesn't tell you what's right. The players dictate what's right and how the game is going to be played. So now that the the it's been unleashed in this season, searching through someone's bag i think we'll see it more and more throughout the season but the players dictate those things yeah don't get me wrong i don't think there's any player that upon hearing that someone went through their bag i just said upon on the podcast that was pretty cool um (laughs) upon hearing that someone went through their bag like everyone would be upset right i don't know anyone who'd be like oh that's not a big deal that for sure would bother anyone on the game even if they were even if it was me like I would have done the same if that happens to someone who just did that, they're going to be bothered. So I get that Lynette, what you're saying, but I'm glad to hear that morally you're on the same page as me and that we don't have a guilty conscience because it is allowed and that you would just pressure other people to do your business. Rolling on. (laughs) Um, So Ellie comes up and we see the conversation that has been building for the last five or six minutes on the show of Ellie confronting Gabler, trying to convince him that 
his idol's not not good and trying to confirm with him that the idol is not good. He's obviously playing her. We know he's adamant. He knows the rules. He knows that his idol is good to go. But Ellie is trying to convince him that it's not and work with him. And because he's playing her, everyone leaves the conversation with exactly how they thought they would leave it. She thinks that he believes that his idol is not good and he's going to have a souvenir, I think he said for his daughter, um, to take home with him. And so Ellie's all happy, good. He's got a souvenir. He doesn't have an idol. And he knows she thinks he's got a souvenir and no idol. Meanwhile, he actually does. So it's a classic case of, uh, of everyone playing each other in Survivor. And uh, those social moments are super fun. We move into the Coco tribe and it's Kumbaya all over this tribe. James' birthday is that day. Everyone's celebrating, singing happy birthday. And then they're sitting down and James openly says that yeah, he might just go explore for some some idols, see what he can find. And at first, I had this, what? You're going to tell them? you're. I know everyone knows you're going to go explore for idols because that's the way it works in Survivor, but you're just going to tell them that. But no one really cares. They're all going to go out and search for idols. And in fact, we see Carla searching for her idol. I love we get the scene. She's in these trees digging for it and the idol's just above head. And while her back is turned to the camera, the camera points up like, see, there it is. And Typically, not typically, but oftentimes we see in those cases, the contestant doesn't find it and just walks away, but she, she does find it. And for the first time, beware advantage. We know we have a good idea of what it's going to be. It's a beware advantage. She put it back. Andrew, what did you think when she put it back? I said, I was watching with Steph and I said out loud, I think that's the right call. Like good on her. She has the wisdom in that situation. She did it before where she didn't risk her vote at the walk up the mountain and same thing here she she's thinking through it and she unlike cody she identifies the fact that yeah okay someone's probably going to lose their vote i'm going to probably lose my vote because of this there's going to be something that's pretty challenging to pull off and maybe it's just not worth it maybe especially at a tribe this small right your vote means so much it's one thing if you have a tribe of eight or if you're after the merge maybe you can kind of slip under the radar but i think there's so much on the line so i I actually said, I don't blame her. It's not a bad strategic move. And she puts it back. But then you also think, is she going to leave it there? <laughs> like that would just, you'd be laying there at night wondering. Uh, what about you, Lynette? Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. That a lot of times uh, people find the beware advantage. And I mean, what we see is that they make a snap decision. Okay, yes, I'm taking it. Or like, no, I'm not. Actually, I can't even think of anybody who left it but I liked how she went back took time to think about it to sit on it like I do that with decisions too sometimes I'm like Kate not sure what to do I need to sit on it for a little bit here and then it like becomes clear more clear what you need to do or what you should do and so I mean she was risking the fact that maybe somebody else could find it but in her case it worked in her favor going back deciding no I'm going to do it I'm going to jump I'm going to take that risk she also tested out with James and talking to him if you hypothetically if you found a beware advantage <laughs> would you take it and when she realizes you know his mentality is yeah I'm going to take that I'm going to go for it she's like okay I'm on survivor I got to go for it and uh, and she does go back and pick it up and it is the same rules as before the beads the last group wanted to make one big necklace and show everybody. So everyone saw it. They just didn't know it was a immunity idol. Um, and I thought that was a fun way. She goes individually and thinks personally about everyone. What, what can I do to get these beads and starts bartering? And uh, 
I wonder if at any point a conversation comes up about how, oh yeah, she kind of pushed really hard for my beads and then she pushed really hard for yours and your that's weird. Why I wonder if that will come up. It might not, because individually trading an earring for a bead is like a fun thing that you can do on Survivor. As we said last week, in all future seasons now, people will be skeptical of everything. Everything that anyone does, you're like, wait a second, they gave me three high fives in a row. Was that uh, to get a beware advantage? Or they jumped, did a backflip into the water instead of a front flip. Like you just would be paranoid. Just as Carla said, people are paranoid about idols and looking for them. I think this is going to add for all future seasons, a paranoia about every little thing. Like what could be the beware advantage? So Carla makes the trade. She gets it from James, Gio, Cassidy, Lindsay, Ryan. Gets them all, all five. Way to go. Um, so she's got immunity idol now. Uh, these are immunity idols that are good for until they play it, right? Like final six, final somewhere in there is where they're mm-hmm. tired, right? That's not mm-hmm. the the two tribals like Gabler is. Um, right before that, we got the scene of of Neca. Um, just giving a little bit of background on her story as well. Um, she's braiding Dwight's hair, but then we get to hear about her motivation. She comes from Nigeria is where she comes from. Um, and she has a missions team that she works with or supports and, uh, and they're, uh, the community that they support is like heroes for her. That's her motivation. Uh, they serve families that were displaced from Nigeria for a variety of reasons. But one of them that she highlighted was, uh, these families converting from Islam to Christianity and then being kicked out of, of where they're located. Um, and still how grateful they are, um, how celebratory they are despite hardship like that and, and having to be forced out and, and moved out and uh, getting to serve them is a, is a joy for her and the missions team that she's supporting and work re- working with. And so um, just a cool story. You get to see the background of each player slowly throughout the season. And that was her opportunity. And I thought that was really special. Yeah, this is the, the stuff that does drive you, right? And we've, we all have causes that are near and dear to our heart. And she's getting pretty emotional a few times in this episode, but this is one of the big times where she's reflecting on yeah, the people that she loves, right? And some of these kids. And it's very moving to see that. And then again, that pulls at your heartstrings, especially later in the episode. You're like, oh, she didn't win. She got voted out and what's going to happen there. But, you know, it's it's incredible, the stories and the causes that people play for. And I think that, like, it's a cliche thing to say that, like, you have these causes that can spur you on. But in that moment, she's realizing, okay, I'm complaining. I'm finding this hard. I'm sleeping on bamboo. But like she says, like, suck it up, girl. I got to... Like I can do this. This is for these kids. And I love, I, I, I admire people who can truly use that as motivation, not just like to say it, but actually it gives them that spur, right? That, that extra boost that they need. And it's, it's similar to the, when the loved one visit happens, right? Like this, this kind of outside influence that can remind you. I often think I've referenced this before on the podcast in those challenges, even where it's an endurance challenge, you just got to stay there for a long time. And it's like physically, very tough against all the other competitors what meant it's a mental game so what are you going to do and i regularly i'm walking in the store and thinking of this stuff as a survivor fan (laughs) and i'm like okay if that were me and i was there i would maybe think of songs i sing with my kids and sing them over and over in my head again and try and just focus in on that to for their sake right so that's what she's trying to do here is trying to channel that love for her work that she's a part of in northern nigeria and use it as some motivation that's very moving, very moving to hear. Yeah, do you think someone like her would ever win Survivor, though? Because 
I mean, I think last episode she was talking about how, or maybe it was this episode where she's like, oh, we're going to go back to our beach and just tear our tribe apart. And it rips my heart. Like she was using very emotionally charged language and like she's playing, I don't know, can somebody like her win, I guess. Like she's literally, I don't know what her gameplay was. I like, she has such a kind heart that like who she is in real life, you like look at her on the screen and that's who she is in real life I think I mean I guess I don't know that but could someone like her ever win Survivor I think it comes down to she would need that moment lesson and realization of oh the game just started right like Dwight had and does she respond to that moment by um by realizing okay separate that yeah, this is a game. Like we all get, she even said it in tribal council. We're skipping ahead here. She said it in tribal council though, about how, you know, you get to know everyone, you see how tough it can be physically and emotionally and mentally, but then you're just with this group of people. And I think Sammy laid out, like you've no distractions out there. It's just the six of you or five of you or however many of you are on your beach. And that's it. There's nothing else going on. And that's who you get to know for however many days you're out there. And then all of a sudden, oh, one of you has to go. And this isn't previous seasons. We've seen over and over previous seasons of Survivor. There's someone in a camp, someone in a tribe who people just don't like, don't appreciate, don't get along with and want gone. That's not happening. There, there's gameplay reasons for making decisions, but, but having someone on your tribe who you just want gone because you just don't want to spend time with them, we're not, we haven't seen that much almost at all um, in the last couple of seasons, which is which makes the dynamic of voting someone out very interesting because it's much more difficult to vote out someone you appreciate. And Jesse gets into that as well. So I don't know if I answered your question. I just went on my own tangent. Um, but <laughs> I think that- uh, Well, okay, because as she was- Or sorry, you finished there, Jordan. It just, so in terms of NECA winning, I think it would be very difficult for someone who's playing as emotionally charged as she is in this season. Um, I think it would be difficult, but if she gets that wake up call and is able to make that distinction of game versus relationship, you can do it, but there's a million ways to win survivor and there's a billion ways to lose it. Yeah. I mean, cause as she was talking in the episode, I played this like real life survivor once upon a time and somebody hated, like she played and then she like her tribal went to cancel it and she ended up voting out herself. No, actually I think she wrote Jesus on the paper. Cause she's like, I don't want to go to tribal council. Like I don't want to vote anybody out. And so when I was watching NECA, I was like, Oh my gosh, is she gonna like convince everybody to vote her out? Like, because like, she's like, I take responsibility for the puzzle. I don't like, you know, I'm taking it all of all my tribe and then she doesn't get voted out. But I actually thought, okay, are we going to see NECA like vote herself out? But we didn't. Yeah. Didn't. I, I actually don't she think- She voted it, Noel. Yeah. she. Sorry, I, I, I think the, the bigger issue is not if you're emotional or if, if you're a kind of player that yeah, feels like those dynamics or even says those things. I think it's just strategy. So you can be, she's like that motherly figure as- Jesse alludes to she clearly plays that role on the tribe and I think that is one of those characters to for lack of a better word that does have a t- hard time winning on Survivor because everyone likes you and you may be very appreciated for your wisdom for your for your loyalty for your kindness Thanks. but but how do you survivors more than that you have to make big strategic moves you can even maybe get to the final but you have to have made big plays you have to be cutthroat can you as like a motherly figure 
go outside of your normal protective realm and be like, screw that. Like I'm going to, I'm doing this for the people I love, like these kids in Nigeria. So in this game, I'm going to search through a bag. I'm going to <laughs> kick someone out that I'm, oh, I'm going to lie to someone. Someone's going to say, Hey, you messed up the challenge. And I'm going to say, I did a little bit, but man, you screwed up too. Like, and throw someone else under the bus. That's where I think the the bigger barrier is for a character like NECA. And then of course, just the the ability to perform in challenges. She did struggle with the puzzle a couple of weeks in a row and a physically, um, you know, is not able to compete with some of them as well. So that to me is the, the bigger factor. Yeah. And that's a, the, the physicality early on. I do appreciate that you've got to be able to support your tribe and work with your tribe in challenges to move on. And, and challenges are set up so that it's not just your, you know, speed demons with strength who win challenges, but the puzzles are a huge part of it. And if you're not able to contribute on either side of those, the physicality or the mentality side of challenges, then it hurts your tribe. And ultimately you see a player, you know, voted out for not being able to, to keep up with that and compete mm. in that. So, but speaking get, of challenges, uh, well, sorry, can I get Lynette's opinion? One more thing with the yeah. uh, beads. I just, I had meant to ask this prior, but we had talked about it last week with Brooke as well. So what, what would be your strategy to actually convince people? Because it's like, you know, when you play two truths and a lie with people and you feel like people can tell when you're saying the lie that I would have such a hard time. And here, Carla does a great job. She she's sharing, Hey, it's my wife's birthday. I want to build this. Uh, is it a necklace? I think for her or a bracelet and trying to pull out the heartstrings of different people. But for you, Lynette, would you off the top of your head, like what would be your, strategy to get secure those beads and get the idol off the top of my head that is so hard because you can't offer something or like trade something that would be suspicious like carla did such a good job at that line of oh like oh that looks so pretty hey what if i gave you this where it's like if i was to offer food like oh i'll give you my rice portion like no that is suspicious like why are you giving up your food you know and i am i cannot lie and so i was just thinking as you're asking me that if i ever went on survivor i'd have to practice lying before i mm -hmm. went on the game i'd have Absolutely. to like go up to people's faces and be be like I can't even off the top of my head think of a lie so I, I, okay so let's see I need to get people's beads hey what if we made a big necklace all together with all our beads and then we can take turns wearing it okay I'm gonna wear it first or I don't know like that's like the worst yeah that's what they did last week they made it one Wait, necklace yeah of the but whole for tribe. his Oh, for his, for his crown. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, right. I, I mean, I thought I was like somebody, one of you said last week that like, oh, that challenge was made for Cody. Cause like how, as if he had a crown that he's like, I'm going to decorate my crown now. So I thought Carla did like, she did a way better job at this bead challenge than not that Cody didn't, but I thought maybe the challenge, like the beware advantage was designed so that you have to let people in on the on the beware advantage like this whole the whole like um all these seasons where knowledge is just like everywhere everybody has the knowledge of what's going on in the game or you know you don't keep idols a secret anymore or advantages secret i think it's like intentional like it's designed intentionally so that knowledge is being shared so you're right they did a crown jordan i i suggested a necklace i literally don't know how how to how i'd get those beads i didn't think about it i would need more time to think i'm a thinker i'm not like a person who you ask me something and we can have a quick whip back and forth i need to like think about it i get the challenge like i get the beware advantage i have to go sit somewhere and think and then come up with a plan 
Exactly. And I think there's wisdom in that in knowing yourself, Lynette. I think that most people are probably more like you who on the spot to come up with not only just a lie, but a convincing lie. And it's interesting over the seasons where you actually do see people respond. Like if someone brings up an idea to them or an alliance to say, that's a, that's a really good idea. Let me, let me just think on it. That is really like, I learned from that when I watch cause I, I always watch some of the players that are really just on the spot, able to come up with elaborate lies and stories. I couldn't keep up. I would be very similar to you where, and I think most people listening would, would be like, how do I lie and do so convincingly? So to just go about like have an attitude of, Hey, that's a good thought. Yeah. Like, do I want to work together? Yeah, definitely. And let me just think, get back to you too. Like, do you mind if I have a minute? Cause I just got a process. I'm sure that does happen more than we see, but man, I, otherwise right away, people would know I'm lying. They would catch me in a lie on day number one. Right. So <laughs> anyway, I, I was impressed with Carla. She, she pulls yeah, the heartstrings. I would, She's able yes, to I was it. really impressed with her. I was like, okay, yeah. like she would have my vote as of right now for winning. Absolutely. <laughs> and making yeah. it and making it so individual to each per each person. She had yes. to have that one-on-one conversation. It wasn't just a group pressure that that Cody's tribe did uh, last week, but it was I'm gonna come to you and I'm gonna chat with you. And let's get this bead, and then I go to the next person. And uh, yeah, did you catch her? Really cool. Sorry to interrupt, Jordan. Did you catch what Ryan said too? She she was trying to get something to pull at Ryan's heartstrings, and she said, you know, I, I think we should trade something to be, you know, to remember each other by. Like if you're a soccer fan, and they, at the end of the game they switch jerseys. So Ryan goes, yeah, no, I, but I like this too much. So um, what about socks? Like I'll trade you my socks. And she's like, oh, she's like, I don't want your dirty socks. <laughs> okay, all right, I got to come up with another plan. So th- I thought that was pretty funny because you would. I mean that, that. Yeah. Anyway, no socks. She does secure it, and she goes into that. that challenge knowing that she's okay she's okay um the challenge is um a a full water challenge and my first thought actually seeing the water challenge is we're gonna get to see and really understand how noelle is affected by these challenges she's Mm -hmm. telling us constantly i've got this i'm gonna do this i'm not letting you know dis disability get in the way i'm gonna do it and i believe her but we get the chance to actually see it now in a challenge um, with the swimming and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, reward and immunity. Every challenge seems to be like that. A toolkit and a large basket of fruit. I'm sure fruit must be great out mm-hmm. there. Watery, sugary, but healthy, good nutrition. Fruit must be just fantastic. Especially yeah, pineapple. So tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Pineapple. So delicious. Hmm. I had a big bowl of pineapple tonight and it was really good. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Andrew. Well done. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, building it up with... for the, the pineapple empire. Um, like you bring up Noelle when they got yeah. into her story last night or mm-hmm. whenever it was that I watched it, like I started tearing up. I was like, oh, like Noelle, like she's been through so much. She's like just an amazing athlete before her accident. Then she comes up and she's like, this is not going to let me down. And she, like embraces life and what it's given her. And yeah, it was so moving. I was so moved by her and so proud yeah. of her. I was so proud it of was her. So yeah. it was so good. Like watching this challenge right away, you see the moment where she takes off the prosthetic leg and she's got to lean on someone. And it just got that fully showed to me just because she might have to do a challenge a little bit differently and it might take her a little bit of a different route 
she's still going to do it. And this episode highlighted that multiple times for her. Um, and just, yeah, super inspiring to see. Um, and she, she's not a liability to her team. She was great in that challenge when she was hopping and crawling across the board, up the planks. Like she was not delayed. It was quick. Um, it was just impressive over overall. And, um, well, and, and we're seeing that and we're impressed, but her tribe notices too. Cody, yes. Jesse after say, okay, maybe we just didn't know, but maybe she was a liability and physical challenge. And that idea is at the window. She clearly has proven yeah. herself. She is not a liability. She's right yeah. in there with the rest of the group. It was yeah. amazing. Very, very inspiring. Amazing. And again, cool to watch this with our kids and to see them. And they're asking questions. My mm -hmm. son, five-year-old son says, how, like, okay, how do you swim with one leg? Right. But then she jumps in and, and does it. It's cool. It's important for kids to see that kind of stuff. And her story is really one of the first like this on the show Survivor. So yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's her. like, yeah, it's about representation or diversity. Like Survivor continually like has more di like a diverse cast. And I this she is the first amputee, right? On the we were we were wondering that. that. I can't story? think of she anyone. I can't I can't think okay. I can't think yeah. of anyone else. Yeah, that's fine. I can't think of anyone else that has been on the show as an amputee. We can look that up but i i can't think of anyone else it there would have been early seasons where it could be thought to be too difficult and i think if she is if she is the first like we're assuming she's the right person um because of her also athletic ability where she's able to overcome that challenge out there pretty straightforward not pretty straightforward but she's able to overcome it because of her determination athletic ability like not not anyone can just go out there and have a significant challenge that not everyone deals with mm -hmm. and succeed on survivor but she's a great showcase yeah um, and she's been really really good about that but that doesn't mean that your tribe wins and uh and it's not her fault at all but the puzzle between jesse and nika does not go over that well they it sounds like it's hard to tell in the in watching this challenge who was in the lead because the physical portion in the water was all pretty even. They all seemed to end pretty close to each other. Um, and it sounded like Vessi had a lead on the puzzle and looked like it. And then they just, they lose it. Baca tribe skips ahead of them. Coco tribe comes out uh, as winners as well, coming in second place. And they both skip ahead of the Vessi tribe and they're headed back to tribal council. And it starts to highlight that's two puzzles in a row that they've kind of blown it on. There's a common denominator on those puzzles, which is uh, NECA. We knew she was in trouble last time around. As much as relationships play a huge part in Survivor and those who you forge those relationships with, you want to continue them, you can't keep going back to Tribal Council not knowing when that's going to end at the beginning of the game. And the, them knowing they're going into Tribal means they're going down to four. Coco is six. So any version of a of a tribe swap, you're almost guaranteed to have less people on your tribe that are from the original Vessi to the original Coco. So you have to either make real good relationships real early, or you're going to get voted out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they blew it, man. That, that's a disaster in that challenge. Jeff yeah. even asked them that later in tribal, but you saw them looking over both NECA and Jesse, like often looking at the other group seeing what they're doing and i said to Seth, what are they doing like focus in you don't watch other people focus in on what you're trying to do and i guess like jesse said later on just all the elements he said i do puzzles all the time at home but i just i can't be at 100 out here just because of everything happening 
the intensity people are yelling jeff you're yelling at us <laughs> there's just a lot going on but <laughs> that's on you that's on you 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 have to be able to lock in and, and at least at least focus that's what bothered me that they kept taking well, their eyes off it i would so, be so annoyed if i was their tribe mates yeah and it's not like the other two tribes are dealing with anything different they're in the same conditions right you're not the only one who's not sleeping tired and not eating that's mm -hmm. times everyone else who's left in the game. So it's not an excuse. It can be, you know, an understanding of how difficult it is. But at the end of the day, the Baca tribe won, despite struggling with those same things. Coco came back and beat you, and they have those same things. The only mm -hmm. thing that Coco doesn't have is they haven't been to tribal yet. But mm -hmm. that doesn't affect well, your performance and challenge. Bessie didn't. Wait, did they have fire? Did they start the fire? Could they even cook their food? I mean, I'm just wondering, you're like, yeah, it, it. I'm just curious if it maybe wasn't a completely level playing ground, but that is part of Survivor. Like if they weren't, maybe they were eating less. I can't actually remember. If well, they had like lost the previous challenge, so they didn't have Yeah, so they didn't have Flint. They when, did ha go to Tribal Council. They got their fire there, but. I was wondering, just, just thinking about that. Do you get your Flint back after you go to tribal? Because you lose it at the challenge if you come third. But when do you get it? When can you get it back? Do you get it back by winning I think, the challenge? I think in this new version of iteration of Survivor, you have to win it back. That's my understanding. Okay. But we can we okay. can check that out and and look. Yeah. But regardless, that is you're right, Lynette. Those little factors that does play a factor. They, well, and they mental matter. stress. They went to tribal council the time before, so like they're already mentally like dealing with all that aftermath and now it's like mm -hmm. okay now we can't win now we can't even focus i mean things aren't going their way yeah it would snowball for sure there's momentum as within sports too right things just you yeah. just get rolling down and it's hard to stop the spiral right so they got to turn things around though because it, that was a really disappointing performance and again jess jeff alluded to the fact that they were seemingly out of the like in the lead i, I agree with you Jordan, I couldn't really see based on like what was happening, but he, Jeff was saying you guys were even in the lead and you blew it. So they got to figure something out because to go down with a tribe of six now to four, uh, they are in a lot of trouble. And I think that's probably why the emotions are so high when they go back to camp. And we saw NECA in her confessional. We talked about this a bit already, but she's taking accountability for it. And she's trying to process like just that emotion. Like we are close here. And then she even gets talking about Noel. I think, by that she's alluding to the fact that maybe having to vote out Noel, and she's like this like this woman inspires the heck out of me and now i might have to write her name down and she says i i hate that i let my team down and it sucks and she gets really uh really discouraged and then we we jump to cody and jesse talking as well just crushed and neca is being named as the one to blame jesse didn't get any blame there by the way even though he was in literally the one yeah. puzzle but he, that's was the, I, he was 50 percent of the puzzle but exactly he get the blame for it but that's what i said before that neca maybe doesn't do as well as so there's jesse but he you don't hear him really only up to much he's he's yeah yeah it was like neca that's she's the common denominator um and you see cody wrestling with this idea of yeah like we've made the, our yeah. bed with neca she was she's loyal we've identified that she's one of those people that you know she's not going to go against you but you have to make a choice uh, for the better. And this leads to our final audience question from London Steve himself. And he asks, in Survivor at home, so this is for you, Jordan or Lynette, just like Cody and Jesse here have to do to break away, to jump ship from someone that they were aligned with pretty early on, did either of you experience that where you were right out of the gate, you were, you were attached to someone, you're loyal, this is your alliance, but then pretty quickly realized, I got to jump ship here because this is not better for my game. No, I had 
Um, I had my, my alliance right away bled through the entire game until the final five. I think it was my alliance that I worked with. Uh, yeah. So I did, I didn't have that personally. I was just trying to survive. I was on, I was a overwhelming minority on my tribe, uh, in that season. So I had to just go with it in the second season. I played the one Lynette one. I should have realized I needed to jump ship with the alliance that I put myself with, but didn't realize that. But you know, my my alliance personally, we we stuck together until basically the end of the game, uh, all the way through. So I didn't have to experience that. I also missed the first part of my game, like in season three when I mm. played, so I didn't have to necessarily cut any ties. Although I do remember, um, like Lindsay got voted out, I got voted out. Um, Megan got voted out then I think Brooke got voted out next and I remember when we were like in the zoom call together I like was like hey if any of these people make it back in like I'm with them till the end and then like you know Brooke came back in and so I'm like yep she's like I'm with her to the end and so yeah did not I didn't even think about crossing the bridge of having to like vote out Brooke I literally did not um I'm glad that Tyler uh did that for me Tyler and Jean Wani and McCall McCall did that for him. Yeah. But anyways, no, I did not have to do that. Nope. Yes. Well, speaking of pledging loyalty, that takes us to the risk reward uh, journey up. We see at the end mm -hmm. of the challenge, Jeff asks the winning tribe to pick someone from each of the groups to go. And so we have Noel, we have James and we have Owen making the trek up. Noel looks up there <laughs> like Jeff, you better not make me walk all the way up there. It's not maybe as high as some we've seen, but they definitely have to climb pretty far there. But the whole way through, she is pledging this basically new allegiance to them and, and sharing a ton of information, saying I'm at the bottom, this is how the votes have gone, and I'm probably on the block. And hey, it, by the way, if if you know I, I if we get to the merge, I'm with you guys, or if we get to a, a, a you know a reshuffling, I'm with you. You can trust thousand me. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I'm in. And obviously it works because they get there almost like too easy. James and Owen both self-nominate. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll keep my vote. It sounds like you need it, Noelle, so go ahead. And she looks them again in the face and promises, like, thank you guys so much. I'll be loyal to you. Um, and and London Steve texting me this as well, just saying, you got to feel bad for James and Owen probably watching that episode saying, what the heck, Noelle? Like we did that with the understanding she was – saying and implying that she would probably take that and flip the game on her tribe, go out, take one of the big players at that tribe on Bessie. And so they let her get the advantage. And sure enough, she goes back and she plays it safe and doesn't have to use the advantage. And NECA really is not a big threat. She could have, she could have taken out Cody or Jesse, or at least tried to. Cody has an idol, but pretty disappointed. If you were, if you were, one of the other two watching that back, what would be your reaction? I, I don't think to have that reaction of what the heck, Noel, I don't think it has to be when you watch the episode back. I think it's when you go into the next challenge and they're not, it's NECA who got voted out, who they don't know the tribe dynamics, but you know enough, you've seen enough to know she's the one that struggled on the last two puzzles. It's mm -hmm. kind of a shocker that she survived that first tribal anyways. So how is that a shock? to get voted for her to get voted out on this time around. Um, so yeah, that reaction of what's going on, Noel, I thought you were going to flip the game. I don't even think you need to watch it back and say that. I, I think you, you see that in this moment where 
she just let status quo go. Everyone was aligned, even though not everyone wanted no NECA to be voted out. Everyone was aligned to do that because they just, they can't keep losing. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised at Owen and James's response. Like you said, it was too easy. They just like rolled over like, yep, do it. Like not even willing to take like the risk, like, oh, maybe I want to take this risk. Maybe I want to play this game. Oh no. Like I feel bad for Noelle. She's going to trouble council. Maybe she needs this tonight. Mm -hmm. So I think it was too quick for James and Noah Owen to agree so readily. And then for Noelle to promise loyalty in return, like, no, based on what nothing. So I don't know. I just think that whole thing was favored Noelle tremendously and, and now Owen and James, are, yeah, like you said, we'll look which back. Is, or like you said, come to the next challenge, be like, what the heck? Which is what also interesting. Happened? Yeah, they're yeah, going to exactly. show their face, I'm sure. Now, with James doing that as well, wasn't he the one earlier in the episode who was seen on would you take the beware advantage? And he said, yes, I would. Yes. And now he just sits back and lets a possible advantage go, yeah. go ahead and go to go to someone else and he just goes i'll just keep my vote and move on no harm no foul mm -hmm. your tribe's not going to travel council anyways get an advantage if you lose your vote you're gonna have numbers and you're fine and you don't have to tell anyone that you've lost your vote you can do what you need to do um in that sense but yeah he he just talked about going for an advantage and now he's not um at the same time there was momentum in that whole journey and discussion and what was going on and do you want to flip on that momentum um when is it the right time to do that yeah i mean we'll we'll see how that plays out and if they out her for that in front of yeah. people or when they merge together but regardless the comes back she has an advantage and she she says i made him the first to do this she lies adamantly i did not get anything i played it safe but sure enough she's hidden it in like the part of her leg which is amazing what a way what is it. the what is the, she was so adamant, right? And you just mentioned that. <laughs> what is the line where someone goes, she wants me to believe that she has nothing too much. Where, where does that line sit? Because you can come back and say, I, I, I think the best way to lie, it, I don't want to lie, but the best way to lie in this situation <laughs> to come back and go, guys, we're going to tribal. I needed my vote. You know what this is. We've talked about this before. We've had someone else go, I need my vote. So I didn't risk it. Owen risked it, and so did James. I don't know what they got. They risked it. I need my vote tonight. Sounds like you've been taking Lynette's practicing line courses because that's exactly the kind of stuff on like the extremes. There's that middle ground where, yeah, you overcompensate, and it's just as apparent that you've lied. So to what Lynette said before, you got to practice. You got to rehearse that kind of stuff, not just kind of the bad news, but the good news too, those little yeah. lies and the half-truths. Um, it really matters how you communicate it. I, and that even that boat ride back from the island, you would be rehearsing that in your head. And I'm like, Jeff always says he's amazed that people don't practice more for going on Survivor with things like building a fire or opening a coconut or learning how to build a shelter. He said, I can't believe it. They know what they're getting into after 43 seasons and they still do that. So I wonder, I, I, I think it's fair to say, probably in the same way people show up, without really thinking this is why this is Canada's number one survivor podcast. Maybe people should listen to this wisdom more, but you're hearing here, we're telling you if you're applying for survivor, not only do you have to learn how to build a shelter or make a fire, you have to practice with your friends, even maybe put some stakes on the line and, and try to deceive them, try and learn to practice how to lie 
uh, in your everyday life. And Lynette will help you. She'll coach you for just an easy payment of $9.99 a month. She will teach you how to lie because she and her core is a liar as well. You like Such my- a good coach at lying. Yes. Um, no, I was just thinking like, if could you all lie right now? Could you, you guys- say a lie and say it like dead serious? You guys are doing a great job. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I would need a talk. I'm not just, I don't have something off the top of my head. I'd need something. I think it's contextual yeah, too, right? Like if you can yes. it, it, hear as we're kind of joking and, and I could probably yeah. straight face say something that would be a bit of a lie. But again, if it's a, if it's a story and the bigger your story and the number of times wow. you tell your story, it's that old adage, right? You got to keep the lie going. So exactly. Yeah. Just to see. Yeah. That's why, you know, with something like this, you, you know what everyone else knows about this journey. So tell them what could be the truth, right? And, and th- that's, what, that's what I think would be the best strategy. I think she just, I, you, I wouldn't blame someone for being skeptical how much she wanted them to believe that she didn't have anything. Yeah. That's that's right. That was your original question. Right. And then also I was thinking like, when will her lie be found out? Like when will it be found out when, I mean, it alluded to maybe some sort of swapping next week. So the instant somebody talks to James and Owen, they're like, Oh no, Noelle has the advantage. Like we literally gave it to her. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not very long. It's going to save her through this next tribal, I guess, but it's not very long till her lie is going to just be completely revealed. And then why didn't her tribe ask her, okay, if you didn't take the advantage, who got it? Who got the advantage? Like, tell us, like, if you didn't yeah. take it, who got it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the the interro- Interrogate it, right? Interrogate right. what happened. Don't just, you can't take everything at face value. You got to try and break it down. So now lesson number one from Andrew's uh, survivor tips is learn how to deceive your friends. And lesson number two is learn how to interrogate something that might be deception so you can pick out whether it's truth, <laughs> truth or not. Okay, here and I got. I'm gonna three. do. I'm gonna do two. Oh, I want to hear lesson three. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh what's no. Lesson three? Oh, it was like just learn how to build a fire. I was just building yeah. on what you said before. Lying, <laughs> finding out if someone's lying, then we yeah. build a fire. Yes, and, in that order. In that yeah. order. That's the priority. Okay, two truths and a lie. I'm gonna do this real quick with you guys and those listening at home. You can guess as well. So I'm gonna tell two truths and one lie. Here we go. So I have played cricket before. I have been skydiving, and I have been snowboarding. Okay, I feel like you have to look at the camera. Yeah, okay. you have to look point. us in the eyes. Yeah, okay. look, look down the, the entire thing. And all of you time. listening you're in your reading. car and making dinner and going That's on a walk. The thing is, you you're reading imagine, as well. They don't get the chance. Imagine to read my on nice blue eyes looking at you right now. Okay, uh-huh. so I have played cricket before. I have been skydiving before, and I have been snowboarding before. Okay, I got my lie. I know my vote. Okay, okay. do you want to go first? I'll go first. Or do you want me to go first? Say- okay. I'll go first. Skydiving. Cricket. Cricket is the correct lie. Ah. Yeah! Oh, I'm way too excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. So lying lessons from Lynette and picking up on deception lessons from Lynette well, as well. She's got yeah. both those classes for you. As a teacher. Yes. Grade nine class. Yes, as a teacher, I, I like look me in the eye. I tell like really? you can eye, tell, you can tell by the eye contact for real. Oh, oh yeah, and then they crack. They just like. But what I just did, I, I didn't. Have, you, yes, you, you did. Honestly, you flicked. What's you my flicked tell? Your, I have a tell. When you you blinked like 
pretty like nice and slow for the other two and then the first one it was like a little flick see this is like we're joking see, here but this te actually the teacher would... tricks because according to brooke lynette is so old which means she's been teaching for so long wow. that she picks up on these things was brooke's teacher just joking <laughs> <laughs> that is good well this is funny like i think it helps because people are laughing right now hopefully or they've turned it off but this this is the kind of stuff that matters. You're on Survivor. You're playing with people who, like you, Lynette, are perceptive. I tell a lie, and you go back to your lines and say, Andrew was lying. And they go, how do you know? And just trust me. I work with people. I work with immature people like Andrew all the time. And he was clearly lying because he blinked a little bit more. That's a tell. That'll get you voted out. You'll. I, so that's what I mean. How would I win in Survivor? We'll never know. You could win. Hopefully we, we win. know. Hopefully we'll find out one day, Andrew. One day. Yeah. You're going to make it season 50. Anyway, that have you guys applied? Awesome. Have you applied, by the way, to play? I've never. I've not finished an application, no. No, yeah. I have no desire for my life to be on the screen <gasps> and for me to be filmed 24-7. Oh, interesting. You guys would do great. Both of you. I mean, your winners are Survivor at Home, so you have what it takes. Perfect preparation. It's perfect. It's pretty much the same thing. And <laughs> yep. no, I think you should do it. Like, why not, though? Isn't that what we're seeing season after season? That a lot of these are very normal, quote unquote, normal people, and they what? they prove themselves. They prove to themselves that they can do a lot more than they thought they could. Yeah, that's a good point. There is like a plus, but it, don't also like lots of survivors like go through therapy after <laughs> due to the game. Like we're gonna I lose our sponsors if we keep talking about this. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, no. our, all our five dollar coffee sponsors. Like I love the social experiment. That's why yeah. I enjoy watching the game. But I don't know if I want to put myself through it. That's all. Yeah, it would take a toll. It's, and you're right, there is that aftermath of counseling and debriefing and relationship tolls that people don't talk about, but mm -hmm. you should apply. And then Lynette will teach you how to lie and build fires. All right. Apply. You could always just say no if they do ask you to go on, but please don't imagine say no that. Go through the go whole on. process and then right at the end. Nope. I wonder how many people are like, oh, no, actually, I don't want to. I'm not going to do that. That's a good question. Because I'm sure. I'm sure it's higher than we think it would be. Well, didn't like, Lindsay, for some reason, have to switch her seasons? I think she got COVID, or there was like a complication with, yeah, there was something, someone was but sick or something came up. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. of that reason, so, she came back. Yeah, Lin was Lindsay, Lindsay Dolash. Lindsay, oh, Lindsay Dolash from last season. Yeah. yeah, was she maybe supposed to be on 41 and ended yes. up on 42? Something like that, yeah. I think yeah, it was COVID so, that she got and then came back. And Interesting. Anyway. Hmm. So, there you go inside survivor without knowing the inside of survivor all the time mm -hmm. um we move into we didn't get a lot pre-tribal no this was a really quick session um but we got to see some of the interesting dynamics dwight and jesse is an interesting one because jesse went against what dwight wanted at the last tribal council dwight's nervous about what jesse might do um, and just his intentions and how things are going forward um noelle lies to everyone but then tells dwight the truth about having to steal a vote she, they both felt burned by Jesse at the last tribal, which is fair. They they were from their perspective. Um, but will everyone vote Nika? Will or will it be Noel having to make an interesting decision? And we're just left with that as a cliffhanger because we didn't. There was no discussion on well, what if she's got to play her steal a vote? What are they going to do? Are they going to go for Jesse? Are they going to go for Nika? they want to make some other move on Cody or anything like what do they want to do we didn't get any of that we just got before they were talking about Neka Noel's nervous that she's going home 
she's got an extra vote or a steal a vote, not an extra vote. And then here, tribal council. It's a steal. Yeah, I, it's a steal and extra vote, by the way. Like she steals someone's vote and yeah. then uses it. She said cast that specifically. It yeah. Yeah. Cast yeah you right. cast it as your own. So it counts as a steal a vote, not an extra vote. Like you steal that person's vote for yourself. Right. Not an yeah, extra vote. Which is right, more powerful okay. than an extra vote. Oh my gosh. It's yes. almost too much power. I feel like it's like, why don't you eliminate, but is it always uh, like that? It's never. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been any steal like, of vote has oh, always been like that. Um, with five people. It yeah. Is dangerous. That's yeah. exactly that flips the game. Cause if it's yeah. just an extra vote there, you could still have a tie that exactly. that can immediately swap the votes three, two in your favor. Yeah. And it's not, if there's nine people and you have an extra vote, that's a lot more variables to deal with, but five, yeah, you can get a really good sense of who's voting where at five and that's be able to control this vote. Exactly. Good. That's why I thought she was going to use it coming in here. Yeah, I was convinced so she was going to, I mean, yeah. I think they just did it for the viewers. Like they, we, they all knew what was going to happen coming into the tribal council yeah. and just for mm-hmm. us, we're like, Oh, what is she going to do? It's like, they were all on yeah. the same page. She was out of nine. Like she said she was not, oh no, she was five. But I think she said that to throw NECA off. Whereas like everybody, Jesse was 10. Everybody else was nine, I believe. Right. Like in your, when Jeff asked how comfortable right. are you? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. That was, that was about, we got to see them a little bit of the tribe dynamics on this is where Cody gives his really cool speech about how, and we alluded to it earlier, but not having those distractions of life, mm-hmm. spouses, kids, family, friends, your phone, like work, nothing. You're just out there with these people and a couple of cameras that of course they will never mention are out there, but are out there. <laughs> that's it's true. And a couple of cameras um, and that's it. And that you're dedicated. You're, he said the word you're dedicated to these people. And that's, mm-hmm. that's an interesting word. That's something we haven't heard in the survivor kind of realm before, mm-hmm. but saying you're dedicated to these people and they genuinely do enjoy playing with each other. It's painful to put, vote someone out um, in this situation, especially knowing, and when we look at it now, having watched the episode, they know they've got to make a, Jesse and uh, Cody have to make a hard decision with someone they wanted to align with deep into the game but they can't afford to keep around because it's too much of a risk to lose a challenge and they can't afford to lose challenges. So they have to go ahead and make that, that tough decision, but yeah, just breaking down, you know, how tough it is. And that's the part we don't, we'll never understand how close these bonds are. Right. You see it all over social media. Look at season 40 survivor, 42, Marianne, um, Jonathan, all those, like all those players, Mike, they are so close. They're spending time. Marianne and Omar, there's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah Omar. Not well, she would... I feel well, like John has been cut out. I don't see him I was just trying to photos. name players. He's I was still around. I see him, him and Mike and him. He's still oh, around okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Marianne was but, yeah. talking about bring, you know, they would go to Omar's house all the time and bring yeah. food and hang out together. So yeah, and they that couldn't bond post is... about that ever. No. They couldn't let anyone know about that until the season was over as well, that they were spending time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an incredible bond. And what I like, though, about Cody and Jesse, but Cody says it here. These two are, I said before, maybe Jesse won't go far, but maybe he will if he can stick together with Cody. If they, as a as a kind of a, a duo who aren't the same and who might even butt heads, but if they can stick together and they clearly are able to, I think, wisely maneuver in the game so far where they were loyal to Neca, the first one, that meant something to them, but now also... As Cody says, we have a game to play, and he's willing to cut ties with her here. The two of them are really 
thinking the game through and thinking what's best. And as a viewer, each time you say, yeah, that probably makes sense. That probably makes sense. And we'll see if they can keep their emotions in check as they move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have to say though, when it comes to what we anticipated as the viewer, I definitely thought not only was Noel going to play her extra vote. So sorry, here's my scenario. I thought for sure, because they didn't talk before the tribal at all about much strategy and especially Cody's idol didn't come up there even once in this section. I thought what was going to happen is they were going to go in. She was going to play her steal a vote, take it off whoever and vote for, it would be Jesse or Cody to make a big move, but probably actually Cody. And cause he's kind of the bigger personality, but then like Cody pulls out his idol and trumps that and gets one of them voted oh. after all this. So I had this whole scenario running in my head. And to be honest, it was almost a little anticlimactic when it was like, okay, just a straight, I mean, it's a blind side for NECA, but a straight blind side uh, for one, four to one. Easy. Uh, it's pretty easy relatively, yeah. but, but it made me yeah. think of a question. This is, I don't know, Jordan, if you know this specifically. So Jeff asks, okay, if anyone has an advantage or an idol, now it'd be the time to play it. Is that where the extra vote or the steal of vote would happen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That so, actually, no, like the steal vote to happens vote. before. It's a steal vote. The steal vote. I think you have to announce the steal vote before the votes start. Or is it done in secret? That's what I would like to know as well. Because we has even... been announced. It has been in. It has been announced because the person has to know that they don't get their vote. Okay. It has if, been announced in previous seasons. Okay. If you're listening to this and you know the answer for sure, please message us. You can go to our website, survivoratHome.com. You'll see the podcast section and there's a form to fill out. I'd love some yeah. more clarity. Jordan is it, pretty wise, but would would appreciate yeah, some more insight. I have a puzzled look on my face because because of the way he phrased it. I wonder if this season, the way they've decided to execute a steal of vote is that it can be executed after the votes are cast. And well, then someone from production just goes back, takes out, they know who voted for who. So they go yes. back, take out that vote and place in the correct vote. And that's how they execute it. Or it just has to be announced before, but it's traditionally, the steal of vote has traditionally been announced when, when they go up to vote, like before the first person walks up to vote, that's what it's announced. The extra vote is in secret. You just walk up and write your extra vote and put oh, it in here. Okay. Okay. That's the one that's done can be done in secret. And then Jeff just has an extra vote to read out. Okay. But the steal of vote is announced because the person has to know that they're not going to vote. Okay. Cause it would clearly trigger some other events like Cody could playing. And I yeah. like if he yes. heard a steal of vote coming, especially if she says, Cody, I'm stealing your vote. Yep. That would make total sense that he would then want to play his idol, which would yep. be a, an incredible dynamic to watch that happen back to back. That would but, be so much fun. Yeah, no, anticlimactic. The other the other thing to highlight from this travel council was the moment where um, Noel was talking about being gone during strategy. I'm already feeling like I'm at the bottom of this vote and the tribe because of the previous votes. But you saw me in the challenge. I will literally take off my leg for this tribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was, I thought, a great line that summarized this episode um, uh, from her perspective because this was a win-win-win for Noel. Um, every single step of the way mm -hmm. uh, no advantage played no idol played first vote noel just to make us all interested and then neka 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 and they didn't even show the last vote she did get blindsided she looked at did you catch she looked at cody and goes that was awesome and he just has the look like i'm so sorry i didn't want to do mm -hmm. that but we had to mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, you can see it on his face. It, I, I don't know. You never know when they capture those exact moments. But yeah. to me, the way they showed Cody looking up, it was almost like a moment of um, like a next layer of depth, or as he talked about this without all the other distractions of really some self-reflection. Like, I think that relationship meant something to him. And I think he actually yeah. felt that a guy who yeah. comes across a little bit as, you know, he's just a wild guy and living life to the full and no regrets. I wonder if for the first time in a while, maybe he goes back, goes to sleep and says that that sucked. Like that was, I'm not ending my day on the, on the high. I'm actually kind of regretting that we had to do that. Yeah. I feel like sometimes people in life who have that um, attitude that Cody kind of has displayed in the season so far that like, Oh, I'm going to live life to the fullest. But those people actually have felt a lot and have gone through a lot. And Mm. um, like, I thought maybe you were alluding to that, like maybe he doesn't care, but I think he actually has shown us that he cares very deeply about the people around him and the experiences that he's had. And he, yeah, sh- yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that he, I think, does think through things and gives the air that like I'm a party partier. Meanwhile, he, that's his way of coping, like it's a coping mechanism for whatever maybe he has gone through. So he thinks through things and feels things a lot. Really well said, Lynette. I think a really good way to end off tonight too, because there is that emotion. There's the depth of the characters that we see on the screen there, but they're, they actually are people. And that's why I love it. Some people do complain about this, you know, the sob stories and give us just more gameplay. But I think this is why the show has been around for so long is that they keep reminding us that humanity is complex. Life is complex. And you said it beautifully there, just a, a player like Cody, who is seemingly one dimensional, actually there's a lot more to him. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in the game as he, if he makes it to the merge, you know, will they pin, pigeonhole him as, uh, you know, just this one dimensional player or that will they be able to see that as well? And will be, he be able to communicate that? So the season is definitely picking up. Uh, Lynette, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you uh, wanted to add about the season? Maybe uh, a winner pick some that you're excited to see going far in this game. Um, I mean, the people that I like that I would love to see play more would be Carla, Jesse, and Noel. I don't even know if I have anybody from Yellow who I really enjoy. Like, you won't even call them by the real tribe name, just the Yellow team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here, uh, Jordan. Thank you, well. thank you for uh, all your wisdom here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us on social media. Look us up on Instagram, on Twitter, Survivor at Home. We'd love for you to engage there. Thank you for those that have. I know. There's a few this week, even that we're sending us messages and we'll get back to those soon. And again, our website, survivoratthome.com. We'd love for you to check us out there. And soon there'll be news for an upcoming Survivor at Home season, season five, which is very exciting. My sister Katie and I have been working very hard on uh, what will probably be the best season of Survivor at Home we've seen so far. Nothing against your guys' seasons, but it's going to be great. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for season, uh, not season four, season 43, episode four for the survivor home podcast i'm andrew there's jordan lynette thank you for your time have a great week thank you everyone